Welcome to the IC Made On podcast. We are so glad that you've chosen to listen online. If you would like to know more about who we are, why we exist, our service times and location, or how you can get involved, then check out our website at icmadeon.com. We hope you enjoy the message today. All right, man, we are, yeah, that's awesome. We are so excited about what God is doing. And our vision from the very beginning has always been to make a place for people to come. And part of that means when we run out of room, we got to make more room. Amen? So we are so pumped, man. Our dream team is ready. They're excited to serve a fifth service. So you have options. Listen, don't forget uh, the times. It's 9 a.m., 10.30, 12 p.m., and 1.30 p.m., and then we will have a 5 PM. This is getting difficult to remember, man. It's a mouthful. Uh, but we are so excited, man, to make room. Again, that's going to start on our anniversary, so on September 23rd. So for, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, we're making more room. You can come any service you'd like to. The first four, there will be IC Kids. So if you're a parent, you've got four options now to choose from instead of three. So we're excited and we're actually bumping the first service up a little bit. Amen. We get to sleep in longer. I'm excited about I'm excited about that. No, it's going to be awesome, man. We're we're just really excited and we can't wait uh, to make more room and to see what God does. So, today though, we are starting a brand new series called Known. And if you've been here for the last three weeks, you know that Pastor Frankie talked all about relationships. And he talked about uh, relationships and dating. That was my favorite, personally. Um, that's just, you know, where I, what I need right now. I'm just kidding. Uh, dating was my favorite. And then there was, uh, he talked about our relationships in marriage. And then he even talked about our relationships with one another in church. And so it was an awesome series. And today, we're going to continue a new series talking about relationships, except this one is a little bit different. We're actually going to be talking about our relationship with God. At IC Maidan, we believe this is the most that you can have and maintain and develop in your life. What we're really talking about is knowing God and being known by God. For us, this is so important. In fact, you might be wondering if you're if you're uh, if you're maybe new to faith or maybe you're just new to church, you might be asking, well, that sounds nice, but can we actually know God? Can we really have a personal relationship with God? Well, the answer to that question is absolutely yes. You can know God. You can have a relationship with Him. In fact, not only can you have a relationship with Him, Jesus says that Knowing God is the only way to have eternal life. I want to show you this. It's in the book of John, chapter 17. It starts in verse 1. He says, Jesus looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, 
the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Man, these words are so important. In other words, what Jesus is saying is, if you want eternal life, if you want the life that God has planned for you, there's only one way to get it. And it is through knowing God and his son, Jesus Christ, having a personal relationship with him. So if you can know God, and if knowing God is the only way that we can have eternal life, then we really should be asking ourselves this question. How do we know that we know God? How can we be sure that our relationship with God is the one that we're supposed to have? How do we know if our relationship with God is healthy? That's an important question, and that is the question that we want to help you answer during this series. So, in the Bible and throughout the teachings of Jesus, you can find three characteristics of a person who knows God. In other words, if you know God, then these three things should be true about your life. So this is what we're going to talk about during this series. The first one is this. If you know God, you know God's voice. Number two, if you know God, you do God's will. And number three, if you know God, you love God's people. These are three characteristics, and you'll see that they're found in the Bible, of a person who knows God. If you know God, then these things will be true about your life. So today we're going to talk about this first one. If you know God, you know God's voice. In fact, this is, this is what Jesus actually said in the Bible. You can find this. It's in the book of John chapter 10. So I'm going to read it for us. It starts in verse 14. It says, I am the good shepherd. This is Jesus talking. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So what Jesus is talking about here, he's using an analogy and he's, you know, he's talking about how sheep know the voice of their shepherd. Sheep, they, they can actually recognize the voice of their shepherd. And the reason that they learn to recognize it is because their shepherd is the one that takes them and leads them to places where they can eat. He leads them to places where they can sleep. He protects them. And so the sheep have to learn to recognize their shepherd's voice so that they can follow him. Well, Jesus is saying that it's the same way with his people. His people, just like sheep, they, his people know him. They recognize their shepherd's voice. In other words, 
if, if we know God, then we should be able to recognize when God is speaking to us. We should be able to know when God is, is, is wanting to tell us something, to go a certain way or to do a certain thing. Because he wants to lead us. He wants to lead us in the plan that he's called us, in the plan that, he's, that he has for us. So we should be able to recognize his voice. Now listen, undoubtedly, this is one of probably one of the most things that I hear asked within the church. I hear people ask all the time, how can I hear God's voice? What, what does it sound like when God speaks to me? What does it look like? How do I know if, if the voice that I think I'm hearing is God's voice, or how do I know if it's my thoughts, or how do I know if it's just someone else's thoughts that they told me? How can I recognize God's voice? How do I listen to him? How does he speak to me? Well, today I'm going to give you three things that I think are super practical. And these three things, if you will practice them, then you will begin to learn to recognize God's voice in your life. You will learn how to listen and know when God is speaking to you. So three things. Number one, if we want to know God's voice, we must spend time in God's presence. If you want to know God's voice, you have got to spend time in God's presence. So what does that mean, and, and how do you really do that? Well, what I mean by spend time in God's presence is this. You simply just get alone with God and pray. You talk to him. You let him talk back to you. The way that I do this in my own life is I choose a specific time of the day, a specific place where I can get alone with God I can talk to God, and I let him talk back to me. So choose a place, choose a time, get alone, talk to God, let him talk back to you. Someone who is a great example of this was actually Jesus himself. You'll see throughout, especially the book of Luke, that he often would get away to spend time alone with God in his presence. In fact, I want to show you just one example of this in Jesus' life. You can look at this in the book of Luke chapter 6. It starts in verse 12. It says, One day Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. Now, listen, what did Jesus do? He chose a specific place on a mountain he chose a specific time at night, and he got alone with God to pray, to talk to God, and to let him talk back to him. Then look at what verse 13 says. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. Now, why is this significant? Well, actually, this is one of the most significant decisions Jesus would ever make during his lifetime here on earth. On this day, Jesus knew that he was going to have to choose, out of all these people, 12 men that he would pour his life into, that he would travel with for three years, day in and day out. Listen, if you're going to travel with someone for three years, you better make sure you pick the right people, right? 
Otherwise, your life might be miserable. In fact, if I'm traveling with someone for 12 hours, I want to make sure that we chochok. You know what I'm saying? We, we better be getting along or else this is not going to work. For Jesus, man, he had to make a decision about 12 people that he was going to spend three years of his life with, pouring his life into. But not only that, Jesus' plan was to pour his life into them so that they would go and take the message of Jesus, the gospel, to the whole entire world. These 12 people are important. Who Jesus chooses is important. And if you look throughout the Bible, you notice Jesus, he says things like, I only do what I see the Father doing. Or he might, tell, he might say, I only speak the words that I hear my Father speaking. In other words, he never made a decision unless it was a decision that he knew God wanted him to make. He never said anything unless it was something that he heard God speaking to him. So how did he do this? Well, he chose a specific place, a specific time to get alone with God, to pray, to talk to God, and to let him talk back to him. He spent time in God's presence. In fact, in this particular situation, apparently Jesus thought that this decision was so important that he really needed to hear God on this decision because he didn't just pray for a little while. It says he prayed all night. He spent all night in God's presence. And the same is true in our life. If we want to learn to recognize God's voice, we've got to spend time in God's presence. You know, the last three weeks when Pastor Frankie was here, he, he stayed with me at my house. And Pastor Frankie, he got to know my dog, Buddy, really well. He loved Buddy. Uh, he loved playing with Buddy. And Buddy loved Pastor Frankie, man. He loved playing with Pastor Frankie. In fact, Buddy, every now and then, if Pastor Frankie's door was open, Buddy would run into his room, and he would grab one of his slippers, one of his house shoes, and he would just take off with it and run, run across the house and try to get Pastor Frankie to chase him and to, to play with him, you know. Or sometimes he would go in there into Pastor Frankie's room, and he would, he would bite on his, his pants and, and, and scratch at him just to try to get him to play with him. Well, one day... I wasn't in the room, and I was busy doing something else, and Buddy runs into Pastor Frankie's room, and he starts trying to get Pastor Frankie to play with him, and, and all of a sudden, I hear from the other room, I hear Pastor Frankie yelling at Buddy. He's saying, Buddy, sit. Sit, Buddy. Sit. And, and, and I could tell that Buddy wasn't listening. So finally, I spoke up from the other room, and I said, Buddy, sit. And immediately, Pastor Frankie said, Buddy just sat down. And Pastor Frankie, man, was so upset. He was like, why are you not listening? You listen to, to him, but you won't listen to me? So, so I thought it was so funny. But, you know, the, the reason that, that, obviously, the reason that Buddy listened to me was because he knows that I'm, I'm the one that takes care of him, right? I'm the one that owns him. I, I feed him. I take him out to the bathroom, right? So he knows he needs to listen to me. So when he heard my voice, man, he immediately sat down. But what was so interesting was that I wasn't in the room when I told Buddy to sit. And when I told Buddy to sit, Pastor Frankie was also telling Buddy to sit. 
So what that told me was that when I yelled and said, buddy, sit, buddy realized, oh my goodness, I got to sit down. That's my owner. That's my, that's my poppy. I better sit down or I'm going to be in trouble. But buddy recognized my voice, even though I wasn't even in the room. He couldn't see me. He didn't know where I was. But he recognized my voice and he listened and responded to it. And that's the same way with our relationship with God. The more time that you spend with God, the more you begin to learn and recognize when God is speaking to you. Buddy, he, he, I wasn't in the room with him, but the reason he could recognize my voice is because he spends the most time with me. I'm with him more than he's with any other person. I'm constantly talking to Buddy. I'm constantly telling him things. Now, unfortunately, Buddy can't talk back to me, and that's kind of frustrating sometimes. I, sometimes I just wish Buddy would respond, you know. But, but I talk to Buddy all the time. So, so when it came time for Buddy to listen and he heard my voice, he realized who was speaking to him, and he obeyed. He sat down. So listen, if you want to learn to recognize when God is speaking to you, then you're going to have to spend time in God's presence. you got to spend time in God's presence. So that's number one. Number two, if we want to know God's voice, we must know God's word. We have got to know what the Bible says. Now, why is that important? Well, if you want to learn to know God's voice, you, you should read God's words. The truth is, the fact is, is that God has already spoken to us. The Bible is full of God's words. They, they are the words that he put inside of people for them to write down so that we would have his words, so that we could learn about who God is. If, if you know God's word, then, then you will begin to know God's character. If you know God's word, you'll know God's will. If you know God's word, you'll know God's ways. So if you want to learn to recognize when God is speaking, then you've got to learn the language that he uses when he speaks. And the way to do that is through his word. So this week, I was thinking about that, and I, and I was looking for places in the Bible that explain how God uses his word to actually speak to us in our life. And I found four places that I want to share with you today. The first place that we see this is in the book of Hebrews chapter 4. It's in verse 12. It says, the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It cuts between the soul and the spirit, between the joint and the marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. This is so important. What it's basically saying is that the Bible, God's word, is not just another book. No, it is literally God's words. It's powerful. It's alive. And what it actually does is when you, when you read it and when you know it, it can actually expose things inside of you that you didn't even know were there. It says it exposes our deepest thoughts, our deepest desires. 
I can't tell you how many times I have been reading the Bible, and all of a sudden, I realize, oh my goodness, that is, that is exactly what I'm struggling with. Sometimes, man, it'll, it'll show me things about my life I didn't even know were there. Things that might have happened in my childhood that had an effect on me that I just forgot about. And, and it's been having this effect my entire life. And I, and I never knew why I struggled with this thing until one day I read it in God's word and it made sense. So one way that God will use the Bible to speak to you is he will actually use it to show you things in your life that need to change. Or maybe he'll show you things in your life that need to be healed broken places that that you didn't know were there, he can speak to you and talk to you about those things through the Bible. And what's so incredible about the Bible is that not only will it expose what's deep in your heart, but it'll also help you and teach you how to make it right. Teaches you how to get healing. It teaches you how to walk out your purpose. So that's the first way. Another way God uses his word to speak to us is in the book of Psalms chapter 119. And this is in verse 105. It says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to my path. I was in life group a couple of, in the, well, during the last life group season, I think it was. I was in one of the life groups and someone asked the question, how do I know which path God wants me to take? How do I know which direction he wants me to go? How do I understand his will and, 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 and listen to his voice if he's telling me to go this way or go that way? And to be honest with you, the best way that I know is through God's word. The Bible says that his word is a lamp. It's, it's like you're holding a light in front of you that's showing you the way to go. It lights up the path that God has, has put in your way so that you can walk on that path. It actually helps you to, to understand God's will for you. It helps to show you the way that God wants you to go. So he uses his word as a, as a lamp, as a light. Often, if you want to know God's will or you want to know which direction to go, the best place to find out is by reading and knowing God's word. Another way, a third way God uses his word to speak to us. You can see this in John chapter 14, verse 26. It says, the Holy Spirit will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Now, you have to understand what's going on in this scripture. This is actually the words of Jesus, so Jesus is saying this to his disciples. And this is about the time that Jesus is getting ready to go back into heaven to be with his father. And so Jesus is trying to encourage his disciples and he's telling them, listen, I'm not going to be with you anymore. You're not going to see me. You're not going to be able to hear my voice. But don't worry because when I go, the Holy Spirit is going to be with you. And not only is he going to teach you everything, but it says that he will remind you of everything I have told you. In other words, what Jesus is saying is, listen, disciples, everything that I've taught you these three years, all of my teachings, all of the things that you've learned from me, 
when I leave, the Holy Spirit will remind you of those things that I've taught you. So when you find yourself in a situation and you don't know what to say, don't worry. The Holy Spirit will remind you of the things that I've taught you. When you get into a situation and you don't know how to respond or what to do, don't worry. The Holy Spirit will remind you of my words to you. Well, the reason that this is so awesome is because everything that he told his disciples, all of the teachings of Jesus that he gave to his disciples were written down by his disciples. And they're found in the Bible. So when Jesus made that promise to his disciples that the Holy Spirit would remind them of what he taught them, that promise wasn't just for them. The promise was for us. We can also know the teachings of Jesus. We can know the words of Jesus. And, the, and Jesus promises when we get into a situation we don't know what to do, God will use his word to speak to us, to remind us of what God taught us. But in order for that to happen, you have to know God's word. You have to know what Jesus said. Okay, a fourth way that the Bible explains how God uses his word to speak to us. You can find this in the book of Acts chapter 17. Starting in verse 10, it says, That very night the believers sent Paul and Silas to Berea. When they arrived there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. And the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. And they listened eagerly to Paul's message. It says they searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. Now, so basically what's happening, Paul and Silas are going to a village called Berea. And they're going to take God's word to them. So they get to Berea and they get to the people and they're telling them, hey, this is God's message for you. This is what God is speaking to you. This is what God wants you to know. And it says that the people of Berea, they were pretty open-minded. They listened. They didn't, they didn't reject it. But what they did do was they did check it. It says that they searched the scriptures every day to make sure that what these men were saying was God's word was really God's word. Now listen, I, I, if you've been a Christian for any amount of time or for a long period of time, then this has probably happened to you maybe at some point. Someone has come to you and they will say something to you like, I have uh, a message for you from God or I have something that I think God has spoken to me that he wants me to tell you. In other words, this is God's message for you. This is God's voice to you. Well, listen, when that happens, the best advice I can give you just comes straight out of this scripture. When that happens, don't reject it. Don't, don't just write it off and say, oh, no, you're crazy. Because God does use people to speak to our lives. He uses people to help us. So, so you shouldn't necessarily reject it. However, you do need to check it. You, you do need to make sure that it really is God's word for you. 
Because listen, I mean, humans, we're not perfect, and we get things wrong. And people have good intentions, and they want to help you. But, but there are times when people say something to you, and they say it's from God, but, but really maybe it's just something that they, they came up with. So, so how do you really know if what someone is telling you is really God's word or not? How can you recognize if that's God's voice speaking to you or if it's just something that they came up with? Well, the best way to do that is to know God's word, to check it. Because listen, there's nothing that anyone will ever tell you that is from God if it's contrary or doesn't line up with what's in God's word. God's word is God's word. That is, that, that is the words that God has given to us from himself. So if someone tells you something, but, but you know that it's, it's not actually something that's in line with God's word, if it's, if it's not the way that God does things, if it's not true about in his word, then, then probably it's not really God's voice. And if, if you will actually make this a practice, this could be much easier for you. Instead of, you know, someone says something to you and then you're like, okay, I need to go read the entire Bible to make sure it's, <laughs> it's God's word. A better thing to do is to just make it a practice throughout your life, day after day. I'm going to get to know God's word. I want to know what God's word says because when you do that, you begin to learn God's ways. You begin to learn God's character. So if someone comes to you and says something is from God, but you know that isn't God's character, that isn't God's way, then you already recognize it's not God's voice. But if they come to you and they tell you something, really what it should do is it should, it should confirm something that you've already been feeling that God is speaking to you. When someone gives you something and they say it's from God, it should really be something that you recognize immediately. Oh, man, that makes so much sense. God's been teaching me that. Then it becomes something that can encourage you. It can strengthen you. You can be assured that, yes, that is God's voice, God's word for you. However, if you don't know God's word, it's going to be really difficult to distinguish his voice from the voice of others in your life. So we've got to know God's word. If you want to know God's voice, the best way that I know to learn God's voice is to learn God's word. We've got to be people who know the Bible. Okay, number three. This is the third way that we can know God's voice. If you want to know God's voice, we must live according to God's spirit. Now, what does that mean and how do you actually do that. Well, I want to make this as simple as I possibly can. In the Bible, it teaches that when you follow Jesus and, and you make the decision that you're going to believe in him and surrender your life to him, something incredible happens. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit actually comes and lives inside of us. And, and what he does is he gives us a new nature the Bible says that when you believe in Jesus, you become a new creation. 
And over time, what begins to happen is the spirit that is in you, the new creation, the new, uh, the new nature that God has put inside of you, it begins to change the things that you desire. It begins to change the way that you think. It begins to change the way that you feel. Because the Bible actually teaches that at that point, now you have two different natures inside of you. You have your old nature, your sinful nature that's broken. And, and we all know what that's like. That's that thing inside of us that craves to do things that we know are not good for us. Your old sinful nature, it'll always lead you into sin. It'll always lead you into places in your life that are not healthy. But when you choose to believe in Jesus, he sets you free from your old nature. And now he's living inside of you, giving you a new nature. Now all of a sudden, you, you're not, you, don't, you don't crave the things you used to crave. You don't have the same desires that you used to have. And this is a way that God wants to lead you and guide you on your journey following him. So the Bible explains this really well in the book of Galatians, chapter 5. I'm going to read this for us, and it's really going to help us understand what this means. It says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not satisfy the desires of the flesh or the desires of your old nature. In other words, what he's saying is, listen, if you will live, if you will make decisions, if you will, if you will go in the way that your new nature is, is pushing you and encouraging you to go, if you will give in to the desires of your new nature, the nature that God put in you, then you're not going to satisfy your old nature. You're not going to do those things that lead you into places of sin and, and places that are unhealthy. So he continues. It says, for the flesh or the old nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. In other words, what your new nature wants and what your old nature wants are totally different things. Your old nature wants you to continue living your life the way that you used to. But your new nature is trying to get you to live a new life, a new way, following Jesus and doing what he's called you to do. So then he continues. He says, they're in conflict with each other so that you do not do whatever you want. All of us know what this is like. If you follow Jesus, you know the struggle. There is something inside of you. There's something pulling you one way, pulling you and encouraging you and enticing you to do one thing that you know is not really good for you. And then there's something else now inside of you that's pulling you in the other direction, encouraging you to live a new way, to have a new lifestyle. That's what this is talking about. This is your new nature. And then... It actually explains to us how we can recognize which nature is God's nature and which nature is our old nature. In other words, it helps us to recognize God's voice and what he's speaking to us, where he wants us to go, and the voice of your own sinful nature that's asking you and, and, and encouraging you to go in another way. First, he says, listen, if you want to follow your old nature... 
If you want to follow your sinful nature, well, it's easy to know what that is because it's going to always lead you into places of sin. The result is always going to be something that is not ultimately good for you. But if you live according to the new nature, the results will look different. And then it explains what those results are in verse 22. He says, the fruit of the Spirit, or the result of living according to the Spirit, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In other words, listen, if the thing that is inside of you that is, is, is calling you and trying to get you to go one direction, if you go in that direction... And it results in things like love and and joy and peace. If it helps you to become a kind person, if it helps you to be self-controlled, then you can be sure that that is God's nature. That is God's voice speaking to you and leading you to go in that direction. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong or sinful about these things. In fact, that's what it says there in verse 23. He says, against these things there is no law. In other words, listen, you can't go wrong following the desires and the passions that are in you that are going to result in this kind of fruit. You can't go wrong doing that. You can be sure that is God's plan for you. But if it doesn't result in in these things that are good for you and healthy for you, then you need to probably pay more attention because that may not be God's voice. That may not be God's nature speaking to you. So the third thing, if we want to know God's voice, we must live according to God's spirit. I'm going to ask someone from the band to come forward, and I'm going to, end it, I'm going to close the message today by telling you a story. And I'm hoping that this story will help put all of these things together. I hope that this story is going to tie these three things that you can do together and show you that if you will practice these things, you will begin to recognize when God is speaking to you. You will be able to know God's voice. The story I want to tell you is the story about how I felt called to go into full-time ministry. How did I know that this was the path God chose for me? Well, I grew up in church. Um, I've been in church all my life. I haven't been in a church like this all my life. (laughs) I love IC Maynard. I I don't think there's any church I've ever been in personally like this church. I love this family. But I grew up in church. I grew up in a great church. But in high school, I went my own way and I stopped following Jesus. Well, eventually I came back around and I decided that I was going to follow Jesus and I was going to try to do what, whatever it is that he would call me to do. So what I, what I decided about myself, I, I made a commitment to myself. And I said, you know what? I am not just going to believe everything that I've ever been taught about Jesus and the Bible and Christianity I'm not just going to believe it because someone told me so. Instead, I want to know for myself, who is Jesus? 
Who is God? And if I can have a relationship with him, I want a relationship with him. I want to know him. So I decided to do the only thing I knew to do. I decided I was going to start praying every day. And, and it was pretty simple when I, when I first started following Jesus. I just told him everything that I thought about, everything that was on my heart, all of my desires, whether they were good, bad, ugly, it didn't matter. I just told him. I wanted to be honest with him. I told him the things that I thought about. I told him the things that I struggled with. I just, I just started getting alone with God every single day and, and just talking to him. And then the other thing I did was I just started reading the Bible. I didn't know where to start. I, I didn't really know if there was a certain way. I just picked it up and started reading. And I did that every single day. And I, at that point in my life, was so hungry to know God's word. I, I had to know it. I had to know what it said and if it was true. So I just started reading the Bible. And that's what I did every day. I, I would pray and I'd read the Bible. I'd pray and I'd read the Bible. I'd pray and I'd read the Bible. And then some things started happening that were sort of interesting. And I, and I couldn't really understand what it was. But eventually, I started wanting things, desiring things that I'd never wanted before. In fact, before this, I was a super selfish person. I was super selfish, man. I didn't care about nobody. I didn't care what my parents thought. I didn't care how they felt. I didn't care about my friends. All I cared about was myself. That's the only person I ever looked out for. But a few months after reading the Bible and praying and reading the Bible and praying, something really weird started happening, and I started to care about people. And I didn't know what was going on. I, I even asked myself, what is wrong with you? Why are you all of a sudden concerned about how your parents feel? Because I had never, I'd never been concerned. But all of a sudden, I realized when I hurt my parents, it actually hurt my heart. And that was weird because that never happened to me. I started, I started caring about people. Listen, I would see homeless people. And I would get these weird feelings and my heart would break and I would feel bad for them. And that was strange to me because I had never felt that way when I saw homeless people. And I even asked myself, Adam, what is wrong with you? What is going on? Why are you, why are you feeling this way? And I began to realize that's God's nature. He's changing the way that I feel. He's changing the things that I want, the things that I desire. Listen, I started, I started changing things about my life that I swore I would never change. Even when I became a Christian, I swore, no, I'm never going to change that. I don't care what people think. I don't care how people feel. But suddenly, things started to change, and I actually wanted to change things about my life. Well, that just grew and grew and grew, and eventually... It got so strong when, when I was out and, and I would see homeless people. 
I, I just couldn't take it anymore. So one day, I saw this homeless guy on the street, and, and I pulled over, and I got out, and I said, hey, do you want to go eat McDonald's? And he said, yeah, sure. So he got in the car, and we went to McDonald's. Now, listen, I, I'm not suggesting that you do this. <laughs> this is just a moment that I was having, and I, I just felt like I had no other choice. It was just something I had to do. So I, I took him to McDonald's, and we're eating, and I'm talking to him, and I'm asking him questions about, you know, how he lives and where he lives and all these things that he's telling me. And so I asked him, I said, well, would you mind taking me where, you, where, where it is that you live? I, I'd like to see it. So he says, sure. And so he gets in my truck, and he leads me to where he lives. And we come up to this patch of woods in the middle of this city. And I knew where we were. I was familiar because I grew up here. But we get up to this patch of woods, and I'm a little bit confused, and we get out of the truck, and he says, come on, follow me. I'll, I'll show you where I live. And we start to walk into the woods. And I'm thinking to myself, this is exactly how horror movies begin. <laughs> I'm walking into the woods with this homeless guy. What am I doing? But I, I couldn't help it, man. I just kept following him. I walk into the woods, and we come into the woods, and all of a sudden, I find myself in, in what looks like a village. I mean, the, the ground is flattened out. There's tents everywhere. There's tables in the middle. And I never knew that this was here. I never knew people were living here. So we walk further, and we get to the center of this village, and there's like five or six other homeless people. And, and, they're, and I'm just standing there talking with them. And I realize... I, I am a skinny 18-year-old white kid in the middle of this woods talking to these homeless people. What am I doing here? How did I get here? And all of a sudden, I was reminded, this is God's plan for me. Everything I've been reading in the Bible, all that time I've spent praying, all those things I've been feeling in my heart, they all led up to this moment, and now I have found myself in the middle of God's will for my life. And that's when I realized, maybe God's calling me to minister to people. So I didn't have to think about it. I went home, went back to my church. I told some of my friends, I said, hey, we, we, we got to do something. There's people living out there in those woods. We got to do something. So, I mean, we, we were young and didn't know what we were doing. We just, we got a bunch of uncooked food and we took it out into the village and we would cook the food there and hang out with them and talk with them. And we did that for six months. And over the period of six months, we found three or four other villages just like that one. And we were able to minister to hundreds of homeless people in those six months. That's how I discovered what God was telling me to do. That's how I discovered God's plan for my life. It would never have happened if I had not chosen to spend time in God's presence, to know his word, and to follow the new nature, the spirit of God that was living inside of me. And when I did those three things, I ended up right in the middle of God's plan for my life. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning before we close. I just want to say a prayer. We're talking about knowing God during this series, and 
and, and we're talking about these three characteristics of people that know God. And, and I realize today you might have heard the message and maybe you heard it and you, you were encouraged because you thought, yeah, this is true about my life. I do know God. Or maybe you heard the message and you thought, man, I sort of do these things and sometimes I pray and sometimes I read, but I, I do need to improve. I, I need to get to know God more. I need, to, I need to be able to hear his voice when he's speaking to me. Or maybe you're here and you heard the message and you realized, man, I don't know God at all. I really don't have a relationship with God. I really don't know. I would never know if God was speaking to me or, or, or not. I want to pray for you as well. And, and if that's you today, you can make the decision. There's good news for you. Today can be the day that you decide, I'm going to start a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to go home and practice these things that I've learned. And I'm going to try to get to know God. 